Hello, welcome to the Smarticle Podcast. Each day on the show, we take an interesting idea or topic and dissect it. All we ask of you is that you give us 15 minutes so that we can entertain you. And maybe, just maybe, you might learn something new. I'm going to the well again, Brandon. Going to Christianity today. I know you think I do it too much, but... I really couldn't avoid this topic, and I'll tell you why in a second, but here's the headline. You know we're not a Christian show, Larry. I know you, you're trying to drive us that way to become evangelicals again, but we're not a Christian show. Well, you would call yourself a Christian. I don't even call myself a Christian, so how could I? I know. A- that's why I don't understand why you did you buy stock in Christianity Today, because I, I saw this when you said it to me. I was like, I can't believe you're sending me another article. Is that all you have access to? Is that? I'll get it to it in a uh, second. Okay, all way. right. Should Christians share a conference stage with theological opponents? This comes via the great Kate Shellnut in Christianity Today. Mm. Brandon, the Woka Maga. Dude, it's Christianity Today. More more Waga than Woka. No. I do believe there could be some hidden Woka in there eventually. But there could be. For- there could be. You're absolutely right. But right now, I don't want to out anybody because then they'll get doxxed for being woke. Yeah, that's a good point. Here is a little smidge. Today's evangelicals are very sensitive to theological shifts among the leaders they follow. They notice a popular speaker appearing along some, someone with a notably different stance on same-sex marriage, women in ministry, spiritual gifts, prosperity gospel. It is a sign of a softening view or compromising conviction. These questions can get adjudicated online. When Francis Chan, the great Francis Chan, mm. defended at sharing a stage with Benny Inn, he Absolutely. said, Faith healer, baby. <laughs> it seems more effective to speak where there is a less biblical teaching than an event where all the others agree with someone. Some of the scrutiny today's speakers may face may be genuine curiosity and discernment, and some may come out of social media call-out culture. But as speakers seek to preach the gospel in all corners, to build bridges across the body of Christ, they find themselves having to consider what they communicate to their followers by where they choose to appear. I sort of brought this up, not as a Christian idea, Mm. but as hey, can me as a 5'10 white guy go and speak somewhere where I don't necessarily agree with the philosophy of the people that I'm going and speaking with? Are you asking me that question for real? No, but I'm saying I'm. It's this is not just a Christian question. This is a community question. I think this is more a Christian question. I think it's uh, both. Okay, it, it can be both, but I think that the mere fact that, like if you were, if it was a secular discussion, and somebody said, we're going to have a debate on whether or not we agree that Israel should invade Gaza. Or, by the way, here's another one. What if, what if it's about, um, should people be allowed to collect Nazi memorabilia? Yeah, but that's just two sides of a discussion. No, but 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 someone would say to me, hey, you you are dignifying even their opinion by just going there, which is what I think they're saying about the Christian people. So I could see really simple... Messed up people, fearful, dumb people saying that on both sides. Like, ultimately, that's the whole, that's where that term woke came from and cancel culture came from. It's like, hey, we can't have these people on our campus that are giving opposing views. I'm like, that's the very base of debate. We need to allow that. We don't have to agree with them. We come and give a better, I mean, rational people will hear it and go, huh, oh, that's kind of interesting. So, Perfect example, we're going to be ta- speaking about my favorite Bible passage, Micah 6, 8. Oh, boy. On a God Talk Friday show. And I, so I do research on all these things. And I was like, I, you know, I should probably do. I love that scripture, but it's always got to be careful when you talk about scripture. 
There, you would not believe how much controversy there is around Micah six eight because people on all sides of the like that's not really what it says, and we'll talk about that on that show. So I don't want to get into that now, but my point is that debate is part of the process. So Christian's saying I don't want to get on a stage with I I don't like Francis Chan. It's well documented. I do not like Francis Chan, <laughs> but you like Benny Hinn. But I commend him for saying, listen, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to speak the truth as I see it with these people that most people think are wackadoodles, right? Most people that are in the know think Benny Hinn is a con man. And so Francis Chan... He's not a con man? <laughs> he, I think he's a con man. Okay. I actually think Francis Chan is a little bit of a con man too, but in a Ooh. different way. But uh -oh. I think that Francis Chan is a man of conviction and believes what he believes. So he's teaching people what he thinks is the truth about scripture and the gospels. And so it's Benny... So what's the problem? Now, there was a point in here where they, they interviewed a bunch of sort of theologians and pastors and people within this article. And what, the last one, it says, Christians desperately need to recover scandal as a category for understanding how to make these sorts of decisions. In 1 Corinthians 8 9, Paul suggests that eating meat sacrificed to the idols ought not to be done, or it will be a stumbling block or a scandal to a fellow believer. Hold on, I know, I'm going to land the plane, relax. Okay, yeah, let's yeah, listen, it's important. A speaker who objects to women pastors might communicate that the question is not important if they speak alongside someone who endorses them and so weaken their congregation's adherence to particular convictions. Okay. So basically, right. no, listen. This, once again, I know it's hard for you to follow deep, complex ideas. The point is this. There's a side that says, listen, if you have people to get up there and say that it's okay for gays to be in a church and it's not unchristlike, and you believe strongly the other way, they're saying, hey, that might lead your church to go down the rabbit hole. I think that's ridiculous. That's my point. We're, we're not arguing whether there's a right or a wrong view on any of Correct. This article is saying if you even appear on a stage with someone of an opposing view, you're setting yourself up to... No, that ar this article is not saying that at all. You are oh. incorrect. This article is merely laying out because if you... I don't, again, I don't think you read these articles. I really I don't. I read them all. But let me tell you, there were there were other pastors in here that fully supported the idea of that you get up and you you speak because you want to speak from a place of truth and you're you're not worried about whether or not somebody agrees with you or disagree. So one says, I feel a responsibility to those I'm impacting do not want to cause any confusion about where I stand on my primary beliefs. So they stand up there and say, these are my primary beliefs. You can choose to believe what you want or not, but this is my primary belief system. I don't see any problem with that. Listen, there is nothing in this world anymore where p someone is not going to get angry right. over something. Correct. You, you, so and the, the way we counteract that is we put people with opposing viewpoints on a stage or someplace and they speak their opposing viewpoints so we can actually have a conversation about it. It's amazing. Like right now when we're watching the, the GOP still cannot choose a speaker thus as of today when we're recording this show. And when they get up there, instead of just simply saying, yeah, you know what? We're a disaster. They try to blame Joe Biden. I'm like, Joe Biden doesn't pick the Speaker of the House. You do. So what I point is like, if we didn't have that idea that, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. You're, what you're saying is patently untrue. We need someone to counterbalance that. So when someone stands up there and says, all gays are going to burn in hell, we need a pastor on the other side to say, well, scripture says something different. And then allow the audience to make their own choice. The, what you're saying is most of these days now the audience just gets mad because they're entrenched in this belief system yeah. that they can't break free of. So the only way we get rid of that 
is to have honest discourse. We need discourse. Couple of things there. First off, is the problem with today's world is that everybody retreats to their section of the mm-hmm. internet where everybody's only saying the same thing and right. they're only getting that perspective, right? Right. So this article is saying, hey, or just what you said, we need to go places where we all kind of talk freely. The problem with evangelical Christians, though, in my opinion, is they're very black and white thinkers and they oftentimes will just say, hey, the Bible says this and you can't disagree with. By the way, I'm of the belief that you can disagree with what the Bible says. But a lot of times when you get into discussion with the evangelical Christian, mm-hmm. they make it black and white. And they're like, the whole Bible says this. You're like, wait a minute. It's a little more nuanced. But then you can't have a discussion because they're entrenched on the Bible says this. I think the, ma- the, the more the more common theme that a lot of these pastors who were asked this question said was they wanted someone to that had a basic agreement on uh, what they would say on the Gospels, on the proclamation of Jesus Christ as Son of God and Messiah, right? That's what they, they would say, well, if we're going to get up on there, somebody, and they don't agree with that, then we can't have a discussion on the veracity of Scripture if they don't believe wow. that. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fair. No, no, if you say, hey, listen, I believe so fundamentally in this idea that I'm not going to really have a discussion with somebody else because that I just, I fundamentally disagree with them. But then you're, you're literally circling around the idea of what you were just saying. We need those discussions. We need those. We need yes, the intermingling, intermingling of people that don't agree well, on anything. If, if I wanted to be completely blunt, and if these Uh-oh. people were listening Uh-oh. in, I would simply Uh-oh. say this. These pastors that are saying this, that are afraid to get up there, are ultimately fra- afraid of the veracity and strength of their own argument. That's exactly it. That's exactly because if it was if it was a question, if somebody got up there and said, "Hey, listen, I believe in the fundamental sovereignty of Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the Savior of the world," and if you don't believe that, that's okay. But that's what yeah. I believe is true. Yeah. And well, 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 Scripture, blah blah. We could argue scriptures like, look, I heard a great theologian talk recently saying he does not like apologists at all. Uh, he's like, I don't like apologists because they're basically arguing a position that cannot be defended. You cannot argue whether or not Jesus was Messiah from a place of fact, because there are no facts to support what you're saying. There is no data that can support that. We don't know if Jesus, I mean, ultimately, logically, we have to take that on faith. Yeah, We believe in faith. Do I believe that the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was in a cave and had a spider weave a web over him to protect him from these people that were chasing him? No, I don't. But if I'm a, a Muslim, yeah, I, in faith, I might say, yes, that is exactly what happened to the prophet, peace be upon him. He was in this cave, end of discussion. Well, there's no arguing that. There was nobody there. There's no camera of that. It is written in the Quran and period. So either you believe the Quran and the Hadith and the writings of the Muslim people, or you don't. You either believe in the Gospels and the Old Testament, or you don't. It's okay not to. Yeah, but so if you've had a Damascus moment, evangelical friends mm-hmm. out there, and an encounter with Jesus, and it's radically transformed your life, right? It's hard to explain that to someone who is not. No, they can't explain it. You, it by the way, it shouldn't be explained. And by the way, someone could explain how it didn't happen. It'd be easier yes. to explain how that was yeah. make believe than to explain that that actually happened. That's the problem with a lot of these Christians that they can't simply accept the fact that it is easier to argue against it than for it in terms of data and logic and and all the things that build up strong arguments. So they don't have a really good argument and that's where they struggle. 
Okay, so do you think in our lifetime this idea of dialogue is going to turn around? We've all retreated to our chat rooms in the internet, to the places we are talking to the only people that believe what we believe. Do you think we will go back to a place where we can all talk about things, or is this the way it's headed and dialogue is out? I suppose there will be pockets of dialogue where people were were well-meaning, well-intentioned, educated people. And I do believe this is a matter of education, but there are plenty of educated people that are idiots too. I just watched Mm. a documentary on Twitter and how Elon Musk basically bought it and ruined it. And you you have all these wingnut, right-wing conspiracy theorists that get on this, yeah, Twitter was banning us. I'm like, well, there's no way I can prove to you that Twitter didn't ban you because you're not going to believe it no matter what. Put your tinfoil hat on and go into your room and, and spout whatever you want. The biggest problem ultimately is with the internet and with podcasts like this and other places where people have platforms, they probably shouldn't have platforms. It used to be you had to have a common discourse with your friends and your neighbors. Maybe you would go to a public square meeting and you would have a, a, a dialogue yeah. or there'd be dialogues in newspapers that would be read over time. We have instantaneous dialogue from stupid people. We literally have instant, it is, it takes a second for someone, anyone can spout their theories up on. That's why I've mentioned this guy, Dan McClellan, who I love. He's that uh, LDS guy, the Mormon guy that's the Bible scholar. And he just does this thing of dispelling myths around theology in such a brilliant, concise way. People always say, if you had a chance to have dinner with any person on planet earth, who would it be? Living Dead. I'm like, it would be Dan McClellan for me. All right. Because I I feel like- no, but what I'm trying to say is Ding. he's bringing an arg- he's he's offering data arguments. The question is just that. So, I hope at some particular point that the Smarticle podcast would do its thing and we would get to a certain point where right. I'm going to look on stage and Benny Hinn's going to be on the left, <laughs> Francis Chan's going to be on the right, and smack in the middle of those two is Larry you. Olson. No, Larry. No, Olson. it's you. And oh, I got I'm gonna it. videotape this thing. And I would love it. Benny gonna Benny is gonna lay hands on you. He's gonna say he's gonna bring you millions of dollars, he's gonna dye your hair yellow. Yes. And it's gonna be it's Francis gonna be great. Chan is gonna tell me that no matter what I believe, that I'm already going to hell because he's a Calvinist and he believes God's already could never. I don't want to be rich. I don't want Smarticle Podcast to get me out of the ghetto. Just enough influence to get you right in between <laughs> Francis Chan. <laughs> And Benny Hinn. I'd rather it be Francis Chan and Deepak Chopra, but, you know, hey, who's... We'll take what we can get. Beggars can't be choosers. Brandon, thank you for giving me a vision of, hopefully, your future. 